Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Gold and Steel podcast. Uh, round one is done and dusted, with the exception of the New Jersey Devils and the Rangers, who played tonight. Um, but that didn't fit with our schedule, so we're recording today. And plus, we've waited ages, JP. The Vegas finished on what feels like a month ago. So, yeah. all good from us, right? Yeah, they're enjoying some rest and some time off. And mm. yeah, it does feel like it's been a, bit, a minute, right? I hope they're not rusty for the second <laughs> round. But yeah. I, don't, I think they should be fine. Um, so we've got, we obviously did our, our round one previews. This is going to be our round one roundup. Um, we're also going to go into round two as well, but we're going to cover that at the end. So we're going to do things a little bit different. If this is the first time listening to the show, then welcome to you all. Um, if this is your first time, probably wondering what we're all about. We're all about the Vegas Golden Knights. Hence the reason why we've had a pretty easy last couple of days because they finished off the Winnipeg Jets in game five, as we were hoping they would do. Um, no surprises really for me, JP. I thought that it was a good game. Vegas did what they needed to do. On to the next one, right? Yeah, yeah. They pretty much stuck to the game plan, and and Winnipeg was remarkably banged up for mm. for only four or five games in, into a series. So that that didn't help Winnipeg at all. They had key players missing. I still think Vegas's quality was pretty evident on the ice. And I think that first game was misleading. I think that first game led a lot of people to believe that it was going to be a long series or that Winnipeg had it, had it in the bag. I just think Vegas had a little bit of a slow start but did. in terms of the series. I think once they found their game, uh, it was fairly clear to me that when, uh, that uh, Vegas was a stronger opponent. Uh, Winnipeg's coach w- bonus was certainly not happy he was very vocal i don't know if you heard his interview he was vocal about Mm -hmm. how displeased he was with the team um it was a little bit got a little bit of media attention maybe a little bit controversial but he definitely called his team out for um for no pushback but was it no pushback or was vegas just that good it's it's always hard to call right it's easy to like blame the team that loses and say oh you didn't push back they snuck in maybe that that's maybe that's the best they could do you know but the coach didn't seem to think so so yeah, it's a weird one, though, because Vegas, obviously, you know, that they won the division. They were playing well. Um, I think they're the stronger team on paper. So I never really felt that Winnipeg were going to beat Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they could, because as we'll talk about in a minute, anybody can beat anybody in the playoffs. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, hey, <laughs> Today just, certainly proved that, didn't I was it? Say. Uh, so just, uh, yeah, exactly. It, exactly. And it doesn't surprise me. Like, we, we've got this. So, in the UK, obviously, football or soccer is, is the big sport, right? And they have various cups, including the FA Cup, which is the England's Premier Cup. Okay. That's the cup that's been going the longest. It is, other than the Premier League, it is the trophy to win, right? Uh, it's domestically. And we always have this saying where on their day, anybody can be anybody. And that to me is the playoffs mm-hmm. in a nutshell. On the day, mm-hmm. anybody can be anybody. And if you are stupid enough to let it get to game seven, then the dice are going to get rolled. And sometimes the best team doesn't win or even mm-hmm. get through. So, but with Vegas, and we'll start with Vegas and Winnipeg before we go to some of the chaotic uh, other games, I felt the best <laughs> team won. I felt the first game was a stumble, but I'd rather start slowly finish slowly so i don't Mm -hmm. mind that and i've seen nothing in games two games three game four game five which made me look at it and go whoop this is game one again so yeah for me i put that to the back of my mind i like what they're doing i like what the production they're getting from the lines brossois playing well i kind of feel like he's got a time limit but you know 
maybe that's just me being too harsh. I he is playing very well at the moment. I just I feel like he's maybe playing better than his ability right now. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, he's not in the Hellebuck kind of category, of course. Uh, and right. the, as we'll come on to Edmonton in a bit, but the problem you're going to have now is that whatever route Vegas take to the final, they're going to face teams that can score. So the goalie becomes yeah. even more important than he, than he was against Winnipeg, who aren't predominantly a, a goal-scoring team. They score goals, but they're not seen as like a, an offensive juggernaut like a Edmonton or a Dallas, for example. So, um, yeah, it's a good result. Game five, get some rest and a bit of break. That always helps, man. So, so yeah, all good. Any final thoughts for you, JP, on game five? Yeah, and one more thing about the goaltending you were talking about a second ago. Um, you may or may not know this. They're not making a big stink about this, but Quick is no longer backing up. Aiden Hill's backing up now. It's been Aiden Hill on the bench. So, And Hill is mm-hmm. obviously healthy enough to be playing. So... It, it's and and listen right before he got hurt uh, hill was playing out of his mind now whether he can rediscover that in the midst of the playoffs that that's another question but but there is if if for some reason brossois were to falter or lose some form or run into health issues or something hill would probably be the one to step in and and now who knows like i said he may be rusty but Right before he got hurt, he had arguably one of the best goaltending performances of the entire season against New Jersey. So, um, you know, it's a lot of ifs, but uh, but that does provide some comfort, I think, to the fan base to know that Hill's back in the mix. I, I'm not sure we're going to see Logan Thompson anytime soon, but anyway, that's that's my no, last little thought there. But uh, yeah, it is a shame. It's too bad. It's a real but, shame um, because he's he's had such yeah. a great season, um, you know, but. You said Brossois playing well, so I don't want to. I'm not saying suggesting here that Brossois needs to be replaced. He's playing very well, um, you know. But goalies are so important, so important. Yeah, uh, as time. we will see. Mm-hmm. So we're going to run through the rest of the games um, now. We talked to Vegas and Jets, so we're going to flick across to a team that we used to cover and still uh, are fond within our hearts, which is the Seattle Kraken. So for all those people <laughs> that thought that. Uh, Colorado Avalanche would win in five was what I saw a lot of things online about. And I thought, well, that's ambitious. Um, I did think the Avalanche would win. I'm not, you know, those of you that listen to podcasts every week, you know that we said that. Um, but to win it, to take it to game seven, I felt that Kraken definitely had a chance uh, and they proved that right. What reason why I want to bring this game up is not only is this another potential Stanley Cup champion who's gone out in the first round, because we've got a few who people would have had down as their favorites, quote-unquote favorites. Uh, Colorado Avalanche walked the Stanley Cup Finals only a year ago, and they mm-hmm. absolutely demolished everybody in their path. And, and, they, and they came unstuck against a Seattle team, which on paper shouldn't even hold a candle to them. But it comes right. back to, and this is where I think well, we'll talk about it in a, in a bit around advantages Vegas have, but... The Kraken are strong for all their lines. You look at their point scorers. You've got people like Yanni Gord. You've got people like Tanev. You've got people like Carson Soucy. These are players that wouldn't probably make it onto the Avalanche's team. Yet here they are producing points, making a difference. Uh, and hats off to Grubauer because in the game last night, he faced a number of shots. Uh, I haven't got the number in front of me here, but it was a number of shots. We're talking well over 30. Uh, and he only gave up the one goal. And obviously that was, he actually mm-hmm. went to OT. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I just, I think 
fair play to to the Kraken. Fair play. Like the fan base must be absolutely loving it. It's a tough, tough, tough game they've got next um, in terms of the Dallas Stars, uh, which we'll come on to in a minute. Um, but the you have to say, wow, from the Kraken perspective, what a way to enter the Stanley Cup Finals, and they must be momentum will be with them for sure. So, absolutely. And there, I heard some commentators saying tonight uh, after the game, and and I think it's the same thing. They they can totally play loose. I think they were able to play loose during this series because they don't have anything to prove the expectations are low and and in some ways with the pressure off of them they can really play their best without having to worry about it they're just having a good time and there was a lot more pressure on the avalanche for sure but impressive game tonight grubauer had an outstanding performance and um, you know, a little bit of good, right? There's a little bit of puck luck that happens in these games, but still, ultimately, that's why they do a seven-game series so that the puck luck balances out a little bit and that you can't say it was only puck luck, right? You still ultimately yeah, right. have to turn in a good series, and Seattle definitely did that. They, they turned did, in yeah. a good series, and they deserved they deserved the win. I mean, man, I know we're going to get to this, but this first round has been absolutely bonkers so far. I mean, you just can't. <laughs> You yeah. absolutely, you cannot write this stuff. And, and we'll, you know, we're going to talk about this relative to the to the second round too, but man, it the regular season standings don't mean squat, do they? No. <laughs> My gosh. No, they don't. They don't. Rain, reigning Stanley Cup champion gone. And we're going to get to the other, we all know who else is gone and I'll, I'll uh, be yeah, patient we until get we get them. there, but gone, um, gone, 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 right? gone, 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 yeah. <laughs> and And then, so then it comes to the next series, which is, a lot closer, in my opinion, on paper, which was the Wild and Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. Another series that, to be honest, is a few games that could have gone either way. It's a shame to lose uh, with the Wild. Um, I do like them. I do think Dallas is a better team on, you know, overall. I think that kind of showed 4-2. Mm. I haven't watched a lot of these games, so I'm not going to come out with any amazing in-depth analysis for why Dallas is so good. But I, I would worry about facing them. And my gut feel, sorry, Seattle fans, Seattle could well do a Vegas and go all the way to the Stanley Cup final. They could do that. There's nothing stopping them doing that. I'm not saying they won't do that. But I just kind of feel like Dallas are a very different beast to Colorado. They're healthy. They're in form. They've just come off the back of some very good wins against Minnesota. They've got goaltending. They've got defense. They've got offense. I think they're a good all-round team. Um I have the feeling Dallas may well get to the Sunny Cup final. But before that, my gut feel is Vegas, Dallas, conference final. So mm. I'm not surprised they got rid of Winni- got rid of Winnipeg, got rid of Minnesota even, because I just think they were too good for them. And at minute, yeah, but hey, uh, the other one on our side, which, we'll, which I want to talk to you about a bit more because of how it feeds into round two. And we'll leave the round two breakdown for the end. But was the Oilers versus the Kings? And this is the classic playoff series where a bit of puck luck, as you said, JP, make a big difference. So the Oilers go and win the game 5-4 versus the Kings to win it in six. But it was only the game before to make it 3-2 where the Oilers were 3-0 down and looking like they were completely out of that game. And then they came all the way back to win. Um, It was either game four or game Five, I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of them. And and that's kind of how that series has been. It's been very like one way and then the other way. So I don't think for any stretch of your imagination that the Oilers 
walked that series. That's the, that's the perception I've, I've kind of read on places from what I've seen from last night. Um, mm-hmm. Is is the Oilers' perception of as a fan base is that they kind of owned the Kings. And you're like, right. well, no, you scored a lot of goals. Like, I'll give you that. But you let in a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. So I don't right. think, you know, winning games 5-4 is a good way to get to the Stanley Cup final, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting series. I, I Yeah, and, and the one thing the Oilers do have going for them is with that in- extremely high-octane offense, th- they can score their way out of trouble sometimes. Right. And, and that, that obviously you yeah. And that's, that's what they did. And so k- kudos to them, but I do. And, and, you know, don't want to dwell on this too much, but already getting some trolling from Oilers fans on the golden steel profile. And and you're right. They, they, they have a tremendous amount of confidence in their team. And it, it feels a little bit like hubris to me because I, I think a lot of them are talking like the Oilers don't have any flaws. They're a great team. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're an outstanding team, but uh, yeah, they're not perfect. <laughs> and, and the Kings certainly exploited some of their weaknesses. Um, kudos to Edmonton for winning the series. But yeah, you're right. Everybody's talking like like Edmonton's a lock. Um, Edmonton, here's, I mean, I don't want to get too much into this because it's a second round thing, but I think, you know, <laughs> we, we want to talk about this in the second round section, but um, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I think, Edmonton does well with certain caveats, right? <laughs> like they, there are certain so. caveats and they can succeed with those caveats. But um, anyway, let's save that. Let's save that for our second round talk. I don't want to get, <laughs> yeah, I love get it. too I love much into that, that you now. Are, you are like on the edge, <laughs> wanting to talk yeah, about no, it. I wanna... I'm, I'm, I'm being a pain in the ass and stopping you. Yeah, so. yeah. No, let's keep going. Because yeah, it's also just because Oilers fans have been uh, chirping <laughs> at me all day. So um I'm kind of pent up about that, but uh, anyway, yeah, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. It was a well. We'll have we'll have the JP therapy session, mate. Don't worry about that. Yeah, okay. JP therapy session will happen <laughs> in, in in a very short period of time. So I now want to come yeah, to okay, the east, okay. and I'm going to cover two things um, very very quickly. So first thing, and you know, it, this pains me to say, but I'm I'm going I'm going to do it anyway, which is to say the Leafs. Have won a playoff series. Wow. Which is absolutely insane. There you go. <laughs> so they finally sure did it. We have no Leafs fans that listen to this podcast, but if they do, the take solace for oh. said, well, well done. And to be fair, I would love to say, man, you know, you fluked it, but they really didn't. They Good they for beat, them. Yeah. They beat the Knights at uh, the Knights. They beat the Lightning, Jesus Christ, in in in, <laughs> in game six. Um, they didn't take it to game seven. They came back yeah. from deficits numerous times. Um, mm. They didn't choke, which I thought they would. So, you know, fair play to them. It's a monkey off their back now. Is it? Does it mean they're going to win Big the Stanley time. Cup? Hell no. But still, it's a good, yeah, it's a good thing. Now they've got a tough round too, but still, fair play to mm-hmm. them. Fair play and good for the fans. Good, good for the fans, right? I mean, I'm ha- I'm happy for them too. Like it's it's been a a rough ride for them for a long time. So. Yeah, I mean, we joke because it's fun too. Um, and every fan base loves every other fan base's misery, but any fan base can understand what it's like to have that and the pain that it puts on the fan base. So, I, you know, fair play to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that disappointed me with that series, if I'm being honest, was uh, was Tampa Bay. I felt they were very disappointing. They just didn't look like the team... <clears throat> 
that we're used to seeing. And Mm-mm. the kind of part of me feels, is this going to have to be a reflection year for them? Are they going to have to look at their squad and say, okay, guys, we can't keep rolling these same guys every year because eventually, you know, cap-wise, it just doesn't work. So one of the things I would like to cover in the off-season is what each of the 32 teams needs to do, and we'll pick up Tampa Bay mm-hmm. as part of that. But it was a bit eye-opening for me to see Tampa go almost out with a little bit of a whimper. Uh, I know yeah. it was a close final game, and it could have gone either way, but I just felt there was a few games in that series that like to have a three-goal lead and to blow it, that's not Tampa Bay, but it was Tampa Bay. You know what I mean? So. Well, look, they've been, you know, I'll keep this short, but they've been two Stanley, they've been to three Stanley Cup finals in a row. Is that right? They won two of them and lost mm-hmm. the third. So three runs that are as deep as they could possibly go in a row. And you can't tell me also that you talk about Stanley Cup hangover and fatigue and health. That catches up with you. Yeah, I know true. that it's not all the same guys, right? There's some new guys that have come in, but the, that that sort of superstar core is the same. And you can't keep that up forever. So it's not it's not to say that maybe next you know they'll have a long off season, they'll get to rest, maybe they'll come back strong next year, who knows? But uh, it, it, it's very hard to do that year after year after year, right? So it is. Uh, I would have. I, I kind of was. I wasn't necessarily expecting them to to do as well this year, but you know what do what do I know? I, I don't keep up with the East as closely, so yeah, yeah, exactly. So the next game we're going to come to deserves a different selection off my media board, and that is the Panthers <laughs> versus the. Oh. Oh my God! And insanity, brother! The, the, insane, insane! I never would have called that in a million years. Never would have called it. And three one, nuts! All right, so like, not only do they <laughs> do they lose to the Panthers, they had three chances to close you out, oh. and they couldn't do it. Like it's 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 it's. The, literally the worst way if you're the the president's trophy winners and i've said this before there's a guy that a couple of, of mates that I, that I know through twitter and, and other channels and uh you know i always say it, the president trophy winners it's a curse it is a curse because i don't remember and, and it's certainly not within the uh lottery uh years so since we've had like the draft lottery and everything that the, the president's trophy winner has ever won the stanley cup it is, it is by far a curse. Now, they don't always go out in the first round because uh, plenty of times that Washington won the President's Trophy and made it to the second round facing the Penguins or whatever and lose. But the, the President's Trophy winners, it, it's, it's, not a good, it's not a good thing to have. And it may well be that because you, you play so hard in the regular season, you burn yourself out. I don't know. There may be some psychology behind it. But the Bruins, all of that's one side. They had this team on the ropes. This team were done. Like Florida looked like they could not get going. Like Barkov couldn't get a point. Tuchuk wasn't going to save them. They had Alex Lyon in goal for the first couple of games who'd had played well at the end of regular season, but he was pretty much crap in the bed. Bobrovsky comes in, big old Bob comes in, and just the whole series changes. And then it starts like anything when you're three one up. It goes to three two. People are like, ah, they'll do it in the next game. Then it goes to three three, and then everyone's thinking, oh shit. And that's pretty much where we were now, which is, you know, I mean, it was 4-3 in overtime. <laughs> ouch, ouch, ouch. Oh, I mean, yeah, I and mean, apologies, the cracking game wasn't overtime. It was regular regular time win. But overtime for this one, I mean, that is, yeah. 
heartbreaking. One, one of everybody agrees. One of the greatest regular season teams in the history of the modern NHL, if, if not the greatest. I mean, just one of the best teams this league has ever seen in terms of the regular season performance in a couple in a decade or two, or maybe ever. And they crash out in the first round. Insanity. I, I never would have expected it. And no. there's something to be said, I think, about not having to face any adversity during the regular season. A little bit of overconfidence. N- no adversity. Like they weren't really... Someone on Twitter today posted something. I'm, I'm really paraphrasing here. But something about like the toughest steel being forged in the hottest fire, right? Like they, they, they weren't really tested. They didn't have to face any adversity this season. And so then when they really got challenged, they weren't, it's like they weren't ready for it. Uh, it, A total shocker, an absolute shocker. I was sitting there watching the game and when when the Panthers scored to tie it up, to tie it up, first of all, because they were 50 seconds away. They were like 50 seconds away from from moving on. And when the Panthers tied it, I I, I mean, I just was shocked. I let out an audible gasp slash cheer because (laughs) I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then when, yeah, when yeah. they scored the OT goal, I just, I, I said, it, I mean, listen, it's great sports. It, it's fantastic watching, right? But man, oh, what yeah. a incredible choke job by Boston, who absolutely should have had that series handled. <laughs> they should have done it. I mean, and it's hilarious. They should have had that series absolutely handled. Absolutely hilarious. So, <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, and we haven't used this this in a while, but this surely uh where is it now uh if you can find it i clearly have not prepared for this bit but it's just <laughs> literally just there we go there it is there you go you well deserved <laughs> it took me a while to find it but well deserved for boston that is because that is like Ugh. colorado going out is bad but the series was back and forth like there wasn't really any time where where colorado had the series like in their grasp but to have three mm-hmm. chances to finish that it off, it even worse. Game and five, then, game and six, then, and game seven, and you blow them all. Wow, that's and they keep they keep Whew. coming back to Marshawn's uh, breakaway in game five. They could have ended in five on Marshawn's breakaway. Yeah, just opportunity after opportunity, and should have worked good, yeah, boys. Tonight they, yeah. yeah, and tonight they were fifty seconds away from advancing and uh, let it slip away and. Uh-huh. It was a great series to watch. I wouldn't have guessed in a million years that it would have been Boston going home, you know, dusting off the golf clubs already. That's it, man. And, you know, I don't think Marshan cried, but it was, uh, it was <laughs> hilarious. Um, so it takes us <laughs> to, <laughs> I know there's so much compassion uh, and, and sympathy oh. for, for the, no, there's none well, at all. Uh, I think it's yeah, Marshan's a tough, sort of tough happens. guy to like. Yeah. <laughs> I just sports generally like I I think it is what this sort of stuff is is fantastic. So um, <laughs> the other one in the East, uh, I think we've covered all the others uh, is the other than the one that we can't talk about, obviously, because that's the Devils versus the Rangers, which is game seven and is tonight It's the first of May as we record mm-hmm. this podcast. And they're tied three, three. That's no point talking about that, JP, because who knows which way it's going to go. It's on a coin toss. But the one we think we can talk about is the Carolina Hurricanes did what everyone thought they were going to do. It's made mm-hmm. quite light work of the Islanders, to be honest. It never really looked yeah. like it was going any other way. The Islanders kind of fought back. Um, 
It just surprised everyone. Kind of told me that the Islanders were a team for the playoffs, and I just didn't see it. I, I saw what I saw in the regular season, which is, to be honest, <clears throat> they're not really up to to that standard yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That that series went. That was one of the few series that kind of went as expected. The the the, yeah. the Vegas Winnipeg series went as expected for for me, but I still think a lot of people didn't think that series was going to go that way. But I think most people thought it was going to be Carolina that came out of that one with, uh, you know, with some degree of ease, maybe, maybe not. Uh, what did, how, how many games did they go? Five or six? Six. Six, six, six four, games. two. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of, yeah. that's kind of what I thought. I thought the Vegas would be six as well, but um, right. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, not a surprise that Carolina advanced. So I believe that mm-hmm. means that, Toronto face Florida and right. Carolina mm-hmm. face whoever wins tonight. So, yeah. which I, mm-hmm. my gut feel is Devils because I just, I know we said we're going to talk about it and I'm talking about it, but the um, Rangers have Boston written all over them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's super, like, elite team. They went big mm-hmm. on the deadline, getting Patrick Kane, getting Tarasenko. They're loaded with talent, first-round picks, Lafreniere, Kako, Zabinijad, Panarin. Like, you look on paper and go, my God, Devils surely can't handle this team. Mm-hmm. But they've got a banana skin in them, and that's why it's going to Game 7. So I think yeah, this, right. the Devils will win. Mm. We so, shall see. That's, I, 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 that's kind of my call as well. I, I Actually, that's the team I'd prefer to see get through, honestly. But uh, we'll know soon enough. It's not far away here. So There we go. So that takes us to round two. And we're going to do something a little bit different here because what we wanted to do, and this bit obviously won't be on the on the bit that you, some of you guys will see, but the other bits will. Um, and we're going to break the round two kind of preview into a couple of questions that me and JP have set ourselves uh, and we're going to ask each other them. And we're going to cut that. And for those of you that follow us on Twitter, obviously that's the Golden Steel Twitter, which is in the show notes. Because uh, if you're hearing this bit, then you've already listened to the podcast. Um, we're going to put each of these on. The reason why we're doing that is is not to shift anything away from the podcast, but it's because it's a great way of us connecting with you guys and getting your reactions to it. It's quite hard to get reactions to what we say in the podcast live because there's no kind of comments field on the podcast, but there is on Twitter. So this allows us to have those pieces on and you get your six pennies to put in on what you think about the four questions that we're going to ask. So... That makes sense, JP. Makes sense. Let's we'll do it. Right. Now we've got quick fire questions. So JP, you have about two minutes to answer the following question, which is why are Vegas considered underdogs in the series? Okay. Two minutes. Um, I think... They're partially considered underdogs, honestly, because of bias. I think people don't want to see Vegas win. Honestly, I think it's that simple. Mm-hmm. I think people are not looking for the positives around this team. Um, so I think bias is one big part of it. I think another thing is Vegas doesn't have, uh, they're not structured the way a lot of teams are. And because we have found in Vegas a lot of gems, sort of a lot of players that bring a lot more value to the table, mm-hmm. uh, than they might have with their other clubs in prior in their career. I think the team is playing a lot 
at a much higher level with those players than those players have provided. So for instance, today I saw a Twitter post talking about, uh, you know, somebody trolling who said, I don't recognize half these guys. I've never even heard of these guys. And so people assume that because they've never heard of these guys, that the team must not be very good, but Vegas was the top seed in the West. Vegas won a lot of hockey games. It was indeed. With, yeah. with, without Stone mm -hmm. for a lot of that and with a, a rotation of goalies. So um, I think that's another reason that Vegas is considered an underdog. Um, I also think Edmonton has a couple of big superstars. Um, Vegas has one, but you could arg you argue do. that Eichel is not McDavid, right? So... Um, I think that's the other thing. I think the league has been worshiping McDavid for so long. Um, I mean, honestly, statistically speaking, the, the Oilers have a slight edge in the regular season, but these teams are fairly evenly matched mm -hmm. if you look at their stats. So I'm not really sure other than those two things. I think those are the reasons that Vegas is considered an underdog in this series, but I think Ten, uh, they're being underestimated nine, a little bit. And it looks eight, like I have about, what, seven, five seconds left? Six, I think I did it. Five, so there it is. Four, <laughs> three, two, Not one. enough time to get anything else in. So you got uh, in, there you go. <laughs> okay, Ian, rapid fire question. You have two minutes to answer this question. What are Edmonton's strengths? going into this second round series with the Knights. Two minutes, go. Boom. Okay, so, well, look, the first one is clearly Connor McDavid. Uh, McNuggets himself is clearly their biggest strength. They've scored points for fun. Drysartle is still scoring points for fun. They are the they are their, their, their standout, standout pieces, no, no doubt, no doubt. Now, statistically, the Oilers are a very, very strong team. So their uh, playoff percentage in terms of power play is 56.2. The penalty kill is not that great but the power play is where vegas need to worry about because we know they don't take a lot of penalties but the penalty kill for vegas in a regular season was not great and in the postseason it's not been great either they're 15th okay that's at 16 teams but 58.3 percent is the penalty kill percentage for vegas so the power play is definitely their strength uh with obviously mcnuggets on it as well it's also face-off so surprisingly uh oilers have the best face-off percentage in the postseason which i wasn't expecting Obviously, you would say, well, they've got McDavid, but they're getting that across the piece. And similar to what you were saying in the previous question around unknown people, there are some people in the third and fourth line for the Oilers that, that are good. Now, I do think that the defense is, is, is a point of contention because they, they're strong on sometimes or weak on others. But what they've got behind them is Skinner and Goal, who has played fantastic all season. And after the debacle, which was the Jack Campbell trade, and in his performance generally this season, it's been absolutely amazing that the skin has been able to step up. So for me, it comes down to three things. It comes down to that they're an offensive juggernaut, which they are. They're going to want to score. They outscored the Kings. That's how they won those games. The power play is fantastic. Uh, and if it continues like that, that's a worry. And they've got solid goaltending at times. But that's the three things for me. So. Nice. Six, there you go. Five, in time. Four, nice. So yeah, eight, you did it in less two, than two minutes, buddy. One, <laughs> zero. There you go. Season pro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the third of our quick fire questions. So JP has two minutes to answer the following question, which JP is, what advantages do Vegas have in round two against the Oilers? Start. Go. All right, two minutes. 
Uh, I think Vegas's first and biggest advantage is their defensive structure. I'm going to argue that Vegas's defensive structure is a bit more airtight than the Oilers. Um, I think the statistics probably back that up. I'm not saying the Oilers are not a, a great team and they have good defense. I think Vegas's defense is a little better. And I think generally that's how they've managed to beat teams. Um, that's, that's number one, if they can stick to their defensive structure. Uh, number two, um, I think their depth. Um, some people on Twitter today were arguing, Oilers fans were arguing that the Oilers are deep. They are. The Oilers are a deep team. I think Vegas is deeper. Even if the regular season statistics may show that the Oilers uh, might have a slight edge there, you have to consider that Vegas was missing Mark Stone for three months of the season, uh, also missing Carrier, who was having a career year. Uh, and depth also goes beyond what's on the ice. It, it goes into the guys that are scratched. It goes into the guys that are, um, that are waiting in the press box. I think Vegas has an advantage in their depth over the Oilers. Um, I think they, the fact that yep. Vegas is the least penalized team in the league in the regular season will play in their favor because that will keep the Oilers power play out of commission. The, the, the fewer penalties Vegas takes, the less the Oilers power play will be able to go to work. And so Vegas was the least penalized team in the regular season. I think that will also play in their advantage. And then uh, the last thing is uh, pressure. There's a lot of pressure on the Oilers to achieve. Everybody is expecting the Oilers to go all the way. Um, they have that pressure on them. Um, I think in recent years, Vegas has a little bit more experience going on deep runs. We have the charismatic Mark Stone as the captain. Um, Ten, and I think Vegas nine, has a slight advantage eight, there. They love being seven, the underdog and six, they're the underdog five, in this situation four, for sure. It's their three, favorite place to be. Two, I did it. Two one, minutes, brother. There you go. <laughs> Boom. You did it. <laughs> Boom. So, okay. So this is the last quick fire questions question. We have one minute each. Me and JP to answer the following question, which is who needs to step up in round two for the Vegas Golden Knights? JP, you can go first. Your minute starts now. All right. Uh, I think the obvious one is Jack Eichel needs to step up. Fortunately, he has been stepping up. He was excellent in the first round. He is showing that uh, playoff Eichel is indeed a wonderful thing. And if he continues to do that, I think it's looking good for mm -hmm. the Knights. The other person that needs to step up who also has is Mark Stone. My God, the guy just came off a of back surgery, <laughs> played his first hockey game in several months after his second back surgery in a calendar year, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And he's already on fire. I mean, he's scoring, he's stepping up and the team is obviously galvanized by his presence. So it's not only that he needs that he needs to step up in production, which he already has, but also just in the leadership and the heart that he brings to the team. And that's already Ten, happening. So they just nine, need to continue eight, doing what they've seven, been doing. Both of those guys, six, they're, they're in a good five, place to, to four, enter this series very, three, in a very two, strong fashion. I one, did it one minute. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ian, your turn. You have one minute to, to answer the question. Go. Okay, so my two, so the first one is Lauren Brossois, which is going to be no surprise to anybody because everyone knows how much I favor the goal is. So in terms of regular season, he didn't play too many games. He spent most of his time in Henderson, but the 11 games he did play, he had a 9-2-7 save percentage, which is pretty impressive. Then we flipped to the playoffs, and he played five games, obviously, so one in five, with a 9-15 save percentage. And so he has already stepped up, but he's got to continue that form. And I'm not saying he can't. I think he can, but he has to because with McNuggets, Dry cycle and that offense, 
you're going you're gonna to take shots. So he needs to be on his game. The second part is the fourth line. So that's Vegas' fourth line, which was, as of the last game, Carrier, Ra, and Colasar. Now, they're going to be massive in this series. Depth is going to be a big factor. You talked about it earlier, JP, and you couldn't be more right. They're going to face off against Drysdale, McDavis, Nugent Hopkins. So for Vegas to win, they need the fourth line, and they need the goalie. Those two things, they can do it. Boom. One minute. Nice. So uh, there, was, there was a bit weird ending, and we know that. So <laughs> don't panic. When we do podcasts, we're always going to be cutting the hell out of it and breaking it into individual questions. But we thought that was a pretty cool way of, of doing it. So we hope you enjoyed that. And for those of you that have been listening to podcasts, we always say this, but we do truly mean it. Um, thank you for the support. The support has been absolutely outstanding the last uh, last month and a bit. To be honest. It's been great all season, so I don't want to say it's just the last week. But the last month and a bit in particular since the playoffs started, you guys obviously are excited about it. We're excited about it. We've seen the listens and the, the number of listeners and everything increase. So it's, it's fantastic. And uh, thank you very much for that. Um, so we will be back in a week's time. Uh, we're probably not going to be doing quick fire questions because we need a breather after doing that until for at least a month. <laughs> uh, so, but we will be back in a couple of weeks' time. And the Vegas and Edmonton series will be well into the swings where it is. We'll be able to bring you the latest thoughts on where we think the series is at and what has to change or improve or stay the same because I have no idea where it's going to go. So we will find that out in a week's time. So until then, stay safe, stay well, and. Go Vegas. <laughs>